Hi, Glenn. Hey, how are you, Bonnie? Good, buddy. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. We got a great Monday show, right? <laughs> Coming up. That's right. Traffic and weather on the fours. Yeah, no, every, every eight minutes. <laughs> that doesn't really seem to. <laughs> a great Monday podcast for you. Uh, we hit all of the news uh, that has happened this weekend and then some. A few stories that you probably haven't heard. And we go through all the polls for the uh, Senate and talk about the House races as well. And your horoscopes. They're horrible scopes. Oh, horrible I see what scopes. you did. Uh, all right. Um, uh, coming up in just a second, first relief factor. If you're one of the millions of Americans who suffer from pain every day, listen up. Only a couple of years ago, uh, I was in uh, pain. So pain so bad, I could not uh, make a fist. I couldn't write. Um, I couldn't really type. Uh, I, and I certainly couldn't have painted. That was about probably four or five years ago. And I started taking Relief Factor, and I have found relief. And I just read a testimonial today from a woman who said she was having the same problems, and she listened to me. She decided to try it, and she said, three days in, I can make a fist with my hands again. That's good, because you might need them. You know what I'm saying? It's not a drug developed by doctors, and you can get the three-week quick start to try for nineteen ninety 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. You want your life back? Try relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com. Here's a podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. There's an awakening going on in the entire world. And the mainstream media does not, and I include the internet. Um, they do not want you to know this. They don't want you to follow, and they're doing everything they can to cover the tracks. Right now, after the election in uh, um, in Italy, they're saying fascist return. Fascist. It's fascism in Italy. Hmm. It doesn't look like fascism. It looks like the ending of the gods of the copy book headings. If you've heard me read this before, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I just want to go through what this is a Rudyard Kipling poem written after World War One, and he saw the progressives and the Fabian socialists, and he's like, look, they're going to do this again because they're crazy. And so he just wrote a poem about a warning, uh, and he said, um, uh, let's see. They always caught up with our progress, and recent and presently, a word would come that a tribe had been wiped off its ice field, or the lights had gone out in Rome. We got that going. Uh, let's see. Um, they swore if we gave us if we gave them our weapons, that the wars of the tribes would cease. Is there any any doubt in your mind if we didn't have the Second Amendment that guns would be gone in America today? No, they're trying to do it even anyway. with the Second yeah. Amendment. Okay, so they'd be gone. He says, but when we disarmed, they sold us and delivered us bound to our foe. The first feminine sandstones, we were promised the fuller life. That's what we've all been promised, and they're promising it now. Which started out by loving our neighbor and ended by loving his wife. Now, think of this. It ended by loving our neighbor. Pat, what was the... What was the slogan for gay marriage? Love, love wins, right? Mm -hmm. Love. Mm -hmm. It started out by loving our neighbor. Ended by loving his wife. 
where are we now? We're at transgender um, uh, pop-up parties at schools. We are mutilating our own children. And the next line in the poem is, till our women had no more children and and men had lost their reason and faith. Then... We were promised abundance for all by robbing Selective Peter to play for Collective Paul were there. But though we had plenty of money, there was nothing our money could buy. Hey, Stu, how's your car coming? (laughs) I will let you know when I see it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Have you thought about offering him more money? Uh, Yes, absolutely. Uh, But uh, uh, that doesn't do any good because it's just still still sitting in a parking lot somewhere in Michigan. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you have plenty of money. Mm. But not a single car he can buy. <laughs> um, we are at the last part of this poem now. We have, mm-hmm. We've accomplished. I've been reading this for 15 years. We are now at the point where the uh, gods of the market tumbled. Are our markets tumbling? And their smooth-tongued wizards withdrew, and the hearts of the meanest were humbled and began to believe it was true. Mm-hmm. That all is not gold that glitters. Two and two do make four. And the gods of the copybook headings limped up to explain it once more, as it will be in the future. It was at the birth of man. Only four things certain since social progress began, quoting the Bible, that dog returns to its vomit and the sow returns to her mire. And the burnt fool's bandaged finger goes wobbling back to the fire. So they're going to do it again, and we're going to let them because we're stupid. And after this is accomplished and the brave new world begins, which is what? The left is now preaching. Joe Biden just said yesterday, our democracy, it's a republic. Our democracy is at stake because what we decide today is going to shape what America is in the next 25 years. So after all this is accomplished and the brave new world begins, when all men are paid for existing and no man must pay for his sins, are we there? Surely as water will wet us, as surely as fire will burn, the gods of the copybook headings with terror and slaughter return. That's the only thing left. And depending on how far down we have gone will mean how much blood will have to be spilled. Because if Mm. they are in total control, they're not going to let go. And there's going to be millions that will fight for them. And you won't be able to reason it out. We've got to reason it out with people. We've got to double down on all of the things that we know are true. Don't do it with hate or anger. Just stand up and say, no, not doing that. Mm -mm, That's not true. Not doing that. Just remember what you were taught as a kid. That's it. I mean, unless it was hate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Unless, like... uh joseph goebbels was your dad yeah i mean that would be a bad you might disregard all of that yeah yeah so So, okay (laughs) all right do you see that the postal service is uh spying yeah 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 when did they become a spy agency is our our mailmen are like cia operatives now (laughs) uh well those are the guys i give the keys to the car to you know what i mean yeah you know give the spy we got another spy agency hey who's the most efficient organization (laughs) in our country who would be a great person post office yeah the postal workers (laughs) this is what did what did woodrow wilson do do you remember Woodrow Wilson hired uh, 250,000 Americans in 1917 through 19 to go through people's mail. 
if you suspected your neighbor, wow. he was paying people to go and look at what mail they were getting. Wow. Yeah. Same thing. I'm sorry. Isn't that a federal offense? <laughs> yes, it is. You get into not my mailbox Wilson. and you're not supposed to? No, because there were people huh. that wanted to destroy the republic. Oh, of course. Well, special times call for yeah, special, special, special things. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This is one of the times you'd want them to be inefficient, though, right? Like if you're going to have, yeah. if they're going to be spying on Americans and that's your job, you should be as inefficient as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. I, I'm, I'm for that. Mm-hmm. I'm for that. I mean... I don't want them to do it, but they're the agency I would pick. Like, I wouldn't want the Pentagon to do it. You know, like, don't have the Marines spy on people Mm -hmm. because that would happen. The post office, they're still like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm on a lunch break right now. I I remember back in the early 2000s, though, George Bush did the same thing. He was he tried to get the. Yeah, because they're all over. They're in every neighborhood. So you just if you see something, say something as a post office uh, employee. Go ahead. Our mailmen are remember, supposed to be narking on their neighbors. We rejected it. Yes, we did. We rejected it. And we need to do that again. But we don't stand up enough. And that's when Hillary Clinton came out and said, I'm tired of these dogs and I'm yeah. not American for disagreeing with this administration. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. God, that sounded exactly like that clip. Yeah. <laughs> that was an exact replica. Uh, that, but your your theory here is that that the American people have reached that point, right? Where they they have reached the point where they will push back, they will fight back. Yeah, I don't. I hopefully not fight not back. Literally, but not fight, literally. Yes, I guess fight we back, need to be literal with all the people yes, that listen do. to, to um, pull clips. But uh, yeah, well, not not for the audience. Right. No, Just they all the understood exactly what I meant. To this but, show. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they are. I think that uh, more and more people are waking up uh, and are uh, standing not together yet, but they're looking at each other like, uh, can I? I mean, maybe we've misunderstood each other. I think mm-hmm. I think there are people that are starting to do that. But the but the thing is that that I brought up is. It just happened in Sweden. It just happened in Italy. Uh, it's happening in Israel. Bibi Netanyahu looks like he's going to be the leader of of the biggest party again uh, in Israel. Uh, Brexit. It happened. It happened in Canada. It's happening here. People know it's the elites. It's the people who are trying, who are in bed with big business and big government. Those two have been pushed together. And the only ones that seem not to get it are in this country are the ones who warned us about it for years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You remember the Democrats, how they yelled and screamed about losing their rights under the Patriot Act? Now they're for it, it seems like. Now they're for it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, they love it. They they love government control now. All of a sudden, post office spying on you. That's perfectly fine. That's totally I, acceptable. I, you know, we have to ask our friends this. We have to say, um, hey, the Patriot Act. I remember when you were really against it, and, and maybe I was wrong, mm-hmm. and I was for it. Why are you for it now? Because you made a good case, and, you know, I decided... 10 years ago that that was wrong. Why are you for it now? 
because it benefits them at this moment. And that is the answer yeah, to everything make, with the left. But it, make if they your think, friends yeah. say that. When it comes to the, the leadership, this is the truth every single time. Correct. It matters. It does not matter at all what, these policies, what they believe about these policies. It's so clear when they say, oh, I don't want anyone between uh, the doctor and the patient. We just, we just, we're just too libertarian. We can't, we don't want any rules. Follow the science. <laughs> it's like, oh, and then they're mandating everything 10 seconds later. Yeah. None of it means anything to them. It's just whatever benefits them at that moment. Right. So I'm not saying that you're going to give a speech and you're going to win or stand up in a big room full of people. And I'm saying your friends yeah. that have always been reasonable that may just be blindly anti-Trump and just say, hey, I, I just want to ask you, I just want to ask you because we're friends. We've always been friends. We're family, whatever it is. And I don't want to start an argument. I really want to understand how did you, how, how do you close the loop on on this you've always been against big government and big business getting together can you help me out with esg can you help me out with public private partnerships because that's what's happening you've always been against spying on people the government spying on people you know the post office is doing that now the post office I think tend to remember many of you being against big pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. That, that was, seemed to be a big and, pitch for and a long time. you were right. They, we have the bank account. We have the Fed's bank account that, uh, not F uh, Pfizer, but Moderna has to write a check to every month to our government. What, wait, what? Did you know that? Hmm. I think the, the biggest thing that you can ask your friends is on this transgender stuff. Wait, come on. They probably <laughs> haven't seen the books. So you should go online and order a book and have it and show it to your neighbors and say, really? is Because when did you think this was right? You've never thought this was right. It's such a hard one to deal with, though, because you can't show them. In any public, I mean, buying that book puts you on a creepy freaking list, right? <laughs> and having not that book now. in your possession and show, well, uh, it's a creepy list to me. Uh, yeah, it's I not know, a list that the, any parent really wants to be on. thinks it's a great list for you. Maybe, yeah. But I mean, showing the pictures that are in this book in any other context would get you arrested. It would. Right? But now to defend this bizarre movement that we're all faced with here, all of a sudden... The only way you can prove to someone, because, you know, there is power in the phrase, I don't want you to be banning books, right? I don't want you burning books. We've we've talked about that. Yeah. We, we oppose it, right? But that's not what's happening here. We're talking about not putting in children's libraries porn and worse. And but with it, you can't make that point without showing what it is. Mm -hmm. But if you show what it is, it's, you know, the worst moment of everyone's day. Yep. <laughs> so I, I, I recommend what... you show it mm. to your friends mm. because when they see it, there is no way around it. Mm -hmm. You you have mm -hmm. to confront your friends. Um, and and I'm not saying in a in a bad way. Don't get into arguments. If it's somebody who you think is kind of questioning it all, get that book, show that book to them and say, how can you? this is evil? This is evil. We would arrest somebody, an adult who showed this to a kid at a park 
But somehow or another, and just a few years ago, we all agreed on that. All agreed. Right? We were together on that. So I haven't changed. You have. (laughs) Can you tell me what the argument is that changed your mind? And I can guarantee you they won't be able to make it. It won't be cogent. And if it's not code and you can't break through, you know, okay, got to stop, stop worrying about this friend because they've already made their choice. They're happy to live in their own world. But just plant the seed. Just plant the seed. God wants all of his kids to come home. He wants all of his children. And they are God's children, too. They are just wildly, wildly um, hypnotized, quite honestly, by propaganda uh, and the government and mainstream press, and I include mainstream press as Google and all the rest of them. Pat Gray Unleashed. You can hear Pat every morning on Pat Gray Unleashed. It is here at The Blaze, and then you can find it later in the afternoon wherever you find your podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck program. Uh, I reached out to um, Rudy Atala, who is the Nazarene Fund chief operating officer. Um, and uh, I reached out to him because I saw this, this video from Iran that purported to be Iranian Christian women warning the West and Rudy uh, speaks a billion different languages. And so I called him, and he's also from the Middle East. I said, do you know anybody who can translate Farsi? And uh, he said, yeah. And we translated it. And uh, if you've seen that video, Rudy is convinced that is not uh, Iranian Christians. And Rudy, you said because women, w- uh, uh, Christians would never say those things in Iran. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. It's good to hear your voice, Glenn. Yeah, good to hear from you. So, what do you mean? What do you mean that they wouldn't say that? Why wouldn't they? Well, I uh, because it, uh, it it's counterproductive to them. Uh, uh, Christians are persecuted all the time. Uh, the underground church is persecuted all the time in uh, in Iran. Uh, we've helped in the past uh, uh, a lot of uh, Iranian Christians. So I took I took the video and just ran it by some of my Iranian Christian friends as well. And they said that uh, the last thing they would they would want is that much attention. Yeah. Mm. There's a constant crackdown on them uh, in the country. Um, young girls are raped at a very young age. Um, um, they're they're tortured, they're beat. So many of them have a hard time escaping and most stay underground and they practice their faith uh, quietly. I tell you, I, I think Christians in America have no idea, uh, well, they soon will probably, uh, what real persecution is like around the world, what most Christians uh, go through around the world. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit, of, get, just get an update um, on the Nazarene Fund, and where do, yes, we, where do we stand with those people that... Um, we had over in the lily pad country. I don't know if we can even say what, what country that is now. Um, but we can, we can. Yeah. So, yes, sir. uh, so it was the UAE and, um, uh, where do they, where do those people stand? Are they still there? Yeah. So uh, for the last, for the last past year, since we did the evacuation, we, uh, we moved 
personally, we moved over 9,500 people, plus we helped uh, other NGOs move another 3,000, so a little over 12,000 people. And from the 9,500 that we were personally responsible for, we are down now to less than 2,000 that are in a humanitarian city. Um, We've had teams on the ground um, working with them every single day. We've never left them. Uh, we've, prov- we've helped them with, uh, with medical issues, food issues, and on each individual, we have a 40-page portfolio um, uh, to help with their medical background, with uh, you know, everything that's required for processing to, uh, to final destination countries like Canada, the United States, Brazil, Germany, wherever they were going, Australia, and whatnot. So why can't we get them out of there? Is it still our State Department? Oh, yes. The State Department has been a nightmare to work with. Uh, Oftentimes, they'll swing by. They'll go into a humanitarian city and they'll pull people without telling us who they're pulling. So we have to go back in our database. We developed a database very detailed uh, with each of the refugees that we took care of. Um, and, um, And we had to figure out exactly who was taken and who was not. Um, it's, it's been, it's been a challenge, but we've been working through it. Um, and we've had tremendous success. In fact, we are the, one of the only NGOs on the ground in the UAE that has not left, but have worked very closely with the, with the host nation to make sure the refugees, our refugees are taken care of and are settled in final destination countries. We, we so, gave our word. We told them that we, we would. Um, exactly right. Uh, yes, or, or do we, and don't say anything, obviously you're, you're smarter than that. I don't have to pre- preface it with that. Um, are the safe houses in Afghanistan still up and running? Um, there are, there are many people left behind, uh, and we still support. That's all I can say. And, um, and, Yes, sir. Is there anything that you can tell uh, the audience? Because I see these. And if you care to tell any of the um, medical things that have happened, can you talk about any of that? Sure. Um, I mean, during the evacuation, you know, for the audience to know that, you know, we, we literally ramped up. We went from zero to 60 miles an hour overnight. We didn't have a long lead time to prepare for this evacuation, it came as a, as a big surprise to, to all of us. Um, so uh, in the process of evacuating a lot of people, we had uh, to, to fix or help a lot of individuals with gunshot wounds from the mm-hmm. Taliban. I mean, hang on uh, just a second. I'm, I mean specifically after the event, things that happen at 2 o'clock in the morning, phone calls. Can you oh talk yeah, about any of those? Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. We've had we've had some attempted suicides, um, Afghans that were uh, completely depressed because of the situation they were in, um, that we had to take care of. Um, we had, uh, you know, after the fact, uh, we had, you know, mothers deliver in in in, in outside the countries that we took care of. Um, you know, after the fact, there were all kinds of medical issues that that popped up that uh, that we had to deal with directly and uh you know thank god praise god so far we've we've managed to literally take care of every single individual that had any type of medical issue that uh, that required our attention 
So, um, so Rudy, we have spent how much of the money? Because we we're keeping all of the rest of the money to f- finish the mission and fly these correct. other two thousand and to make sure that we have enough money. So, how much money have we spent of that? What was it? Thirty five million. Yeah. So. So we flew 35, uh, 35 flights, um, which cost somewhere between um, 600000 to 750000 per flight. So we went over $19 million in, in aircraft alone. Uh, and then during the evacuation phase, we spent another $8 million in humanitarian efforts, safe houses, transportation, food, medical care, and whatnot. Um, and then we've been also been in the six high six figures every single month with all the work that we're doing currently on the ground, not only in the UAE, but also in other countries where we moved uh, individuals uh, with resettlement. So um, it's been a significant amount of money. We've, we've gone through a good, uh, a, a good chunk of it. Um, and uh, we're still, we're still using as much as we can to make sure that we keep on our, uh, to our word to help yeah. uh, every single person we were responsible for. Good. Do you have, were, were we involved in, I can't remember which organization, was it Nazarene Fund and OUR or just OUR that was over in Ukraine? So it was Nazarene Fund um, and OUR. Okay. Um, OUR has got a good presence there. Yeah. Um, and a Nazarene fund started in the beginning, but we were primarily more focused on Afghanistan and working on, on what we're, you know, what we said we we're going to do. It is um, it's a frightening time where people I mean, now there's a kind of a crisis of men leaving uh, Russia. And do you believe all this? I mean, I ask you because you've you know. You were on the Security Council and everything else. You have all the all of the background to be able to answer this. What's up with the nuclear talk, Rudy? Is this just, you know, saber rattling or is that something we should actually be concerned about with Russia? We should always be concerned about it, of course. Um, you know, I think I think at, at present it's saber rattling, but. Um, of course, when you're when the tensions is high, there's always chance for one side or the other to make a mistake, and then and then we go down down the wrong path. So you know we just need leaders with uh, with cool minds and uh, you know focused resolve on the issue. Right now, uh, you know clearly Putin has um, has a lot of problems, but uh, you know when you put somebody like that back against the wall. Um, you know, you don't know what you're going to get. He is a smart man. He is, he survived over 22 years in power, not just because he's dumb or he does things haphazardly, but because he's very calculating and he knows what he's trying to achieve. Uh, unfortunately he's been dealt a very bad blow in Ukraine. He thought he would win it quickly and he did not. So now, uh, it's escalating because he does want to win. He's got two options. One option is to go all in and double down, or the other option is to find, you know, a a course that would work for everybody and let him save face. But I see him doubling down right now, and this is why it's so dangerous. And we shouldn't see anything real from him until spring, right? I mean, because of the snows and the rains and the mud and everything else? 
Correct. Ex- except for, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them to, uh, you know, to, to, to to pull a rabbit out of a hat and do something, something very nasty. But you're, you're correct in your assessment. Rudy, as always, really good to talk to you. Um, and thank you for how prayerfully you approach each and every mission. Um, you are the reason, really, truly, you are the reason that so many people got out uh, of Afghanistan. Thank you very much for the update. I appreciate it. Thank you, Glenn. You God bet. bless. God Bye-bye. bless. Rudy Atala, he is a Nazarene Fund uh, COO, um, our one-year uh, anniversary of getting people onto tarmacs, and still we still have them on the tarmacs in one country, uh, about 2,000 of the, what did he say, 13,000 uh, or 12,000 that were moved. Um, we're still taking care of those, and we will move them. That was our word that I gave to the UAE to get them to open up their airport. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Let's take a look at the upcoming elections. How are things shaping up in the Senate, Stu? Very, very closely, Glenn. Uh, Very, very close races. Uh, A lot of toss-up states, a lot of very tight uh, back can, I, can, can, can mm-hmm. we start with Fetterman, please? Yes. <laughs> okay. Is that is it still really really close? Is it still is he still like three points ahead or five points ahead? Uh, yeah, yeah. He's. Uh, I've How is thought- that possible? Thank you, thank you. How is that possible, Sarah? Do you have that clip? And the Eagles are so much better than the Eagles. Oh my gosh, this guy can't no, function. No. Now no. look. I mean, I'm I'm wondering who's really running the show, who is running the Democratic Party, because you have Joe Biden, who is I mean, he's there occasionally. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Mentally, he's mentally there occasionally. Other times, no idea. Kamala Harris. Nah, she's not. She, she just blathers on and says nothing. We have an entire thing at VeepThoughts.com of all of her idiocy. Right. right? Like right. she's a, literally a bit. She continually tries to talk but can't say anything right uh, feinstein god they've basically admitted that she's not even doing the job anymore look at all of the people that are in Nancy congress pelosi's hammered hammered half the time allegedly when she's making any speech either that or she's just she just doesn't know what she's talking about but i think it's hammered and fetterman's a great one i mean we we constantly beat on joe biden and his ability to get through speeches He's remarkably better than John Fetterman at this right now. Uh, John Fetterman can't speak. So this is a deliberative body. Can it, I ask you a question? It, and, and and no no offense mean uh, uh, meant here by people who are in this, but I don't want a special ed class running my country. And that's pretty much what we have in the Democratic Party right now. People that can no longer think clearly for one reason or another. Yeah, they're all different reasons. They're all different reasons. But we, we, the, the, you can't run a country like this. You can't run a country like this. And we've seen what happens when you try it, right? Well, we've seen the last two years. We've seen the results of what happens when you attempt to do it this way. It and does not work. You have to ask yourself, who's making the policies? Who's making the policies? I mean, I, I'm asking that rhetorically. Well, I, the, but, the, the, the uh, Taiwan 
policy is a good example of this. Who, who's making the Taiwan policy? Uh, Joe Biden keeps coming out and saying over and over again that we are our, our troops are going to go defend Taiwan if China attacks it. That's Joe Biden's policy. And then five minutes later, the White House and five other organizations within our government come out and say, that's actually not our policy. It's not. We swear. We swear. And then Joe Biden comes out and does another interview and says it again. And then he does it again and again. He's done it four or five times. Well, Lindsey, I mean, this Lindsey Graham abortion bill, which we'll get into some other day. Um, mm-hmm. This Lindsey Graham abortion bill. Biden came out and said, it's stricter than my church's abortion no, it's not. No, no. The Catholic how, how could that be stricter than the Catholic? Catholic is no abortion. How can you be stricter? Death, death for abortion. Well, I mean, it's how amazing. could it be stricter than that? No, it's not. No, this is just craziness. So they're going, we're going, I mean, they're trying everything they can to look, look, throw you off of the scent of what you should actually be voting they're, for. No, they're trying. They are not trying. They are lying to mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. that's all that this is they are lying to you stricter it's a 15 week um uh, ban on abortions after 15 weeks you can't have abortions that's more lenient than france okay france has 13 weeks this is 15 so to get people to vote for these clowns they just have to lie to you how many times do they have to lie to you before you wake up? Well, I, in some countries, it doesn't. They never wake up. And I got you mentioned the abortion policy, so let me just at least okay. because this is a big abor- uh, a big election issue here. The, there's a big story that's happening in Arizona right now, which is one of the uh, the biggest states when it comes to the Senate and, of course, uh, the governor as well in Arizona. And there's, an, there's a law from 1864, I think it was, that mm-hmm. passed that basically said no abortions for any reasons, except I think there's a life of the mother exception. And it can be penalized with something. You know, whipping, se- horse whipping. It's not horse whipping. The, bo- but the border patrol comes and whips you with their horses while she's still laying in bed. Yeah, it's something like, I think it's three to five years in prison for someone who mm-hmm. uh, facilitates one of these uh, abortions. Now, of course, we got into the Roe versus Wade era. This law was still in the books, never got repealed. They never did anything about it. And now we're on the other side of this. Roe versus Wade gets overturned and they go to the, you know, they run it through the courts and the courts say, yeah, this is still a law. If you want to change a law, you can change a law. But currently, this is the law of the land. You must apply it. Right. That, that's how the law works. Right. Like if you want to, you can repeal a law. You can pass yeah. a new law that overrides that law. Now, since then, uh, Arizona has tried to go through with a 15-week ban, but as of right now, it looks like the law of the land is still this 1864 law. So, <laughs> so can't as, be 1864. I don't think Arizona was a state. It was maybe. not a state when this was passed. It was, oh, a, ter- okay. it was a territorial. Uh, okay, so uh, yes. we go back to literally the cowboy and mm-hmm. Indian times. So that, but this is the okay. law, and this right. is the way the law works. And you will not tie your horse up on uh, the door of my saloon either now now of course what we're talking about here is you'd have to go to california right like that or somewhere else nearby where you could get your abortion if you needed to get an abortion if this law were to stay in place uh so this is a back and forth the left is trying so hard to make abortion the 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 entire election here 
because, of course, they see this as, you know, some of the polling shows that um, the majority of people are against the Supreme Court decision, blah, 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 blah. They only have a couple of issues here they can run on. One is they think they can run on Donald Trump because half the country doesn't like him. Uh, they want to run on abortion. Uh, that's about all they have, right? So they're trying to make it seem like now no one will will lock down when the Democrats have any lines on abortion. They never have to express their lines on it. Only Republicans have to come up with their lines on abortion. Democrats never have to say that they want it all the way until birth. They never have to do any of that. Right. Only Peter Ducey is the only one who ever asked them about it. Because they don't have a line. They have no line. It's not up to birth. It's not up to birth. Their opinions are far more unpopular than the Republican positions on this, but the media is assisting them on this. And so... There is a, a a slew of Republicans that are trying to find this middle ground, quote unquote. Right. Lindsey Graham being one of them. Hey, let's pass a 15 week abortion ban. I'm sorry. Did we just spend the last 50 years fighting over Roe versus Wade so that we could eliminate eight percent of abortions? Yeah. Is that what we did? Yeah. The whole. The, I want to make sure I understand this whole Roe versus Wade fight. All these years was hey, if it works in. Across the entire country, we can eliminate 8% of abortions. May I just ask you a question, though? The the Supreme Court said the federal government has no role in this. It has to go to the states. So why wouldn't this be overturned as well as unconstitutional? I think it probably would, especially with this Supreme Court. But again, what is the point of winning elections? If What is the point of winning an election... If you win election after election after election and get all the Supreme Court justices in and then they overturn Roe versus Wade and then your big because idea is, li- hey, what if we f- mess around at the very edges of the fringe and eliminate a few super late term abortions? Well, I mean, that's great. It's better than nothing. But that clearly that can't be the reason why you spend a half century battle to overturn Roe versus Wade. Obviously, that can't be the end of this, right? No, because at 15 weeks... We will get better with technology and we'll be able to sell uh, save children before 15 weeks. We'll be- eventually be able to grow them in a jar. Okay. And whether you can save them in a jar or not, they, it's still life. Right. right. I know. But as it gets closer and closer to being able to just take that embryo and put it in a jar yeah. and grow it in a jar, we know it's life. It's like, you know, it gets harder and harder. 21 weeks. Now it's 15. What's it going to be in the future? This doesn't make any sense. Average income lost under Joe Biden is forty two hundred dollars. Gas prices have risen. Now this is the sixth day in a row. And numbers are falling for the Democrats. But is it showing up at the polls yet? Yeah, yeah, I think I think some of the early Democratic momentum pitch that we heard has started to fade quite a bit. We went through this on Studios America on Friday, did our first, you know, sort of chalkboard magnet, all the Mm -hmm. states break down the Senate uh, look. So give me a quick picture of this. The lay of the land before any elections even start is 36 Democrats and 29 Republicans. That's because all the seats aren't up for election. So they start with a nice lead here already. Uh, In the likely category, probably not going to change. There's at least eight races there for the Democrats. There are 13 races in the Republican side that are likely not really going to be all that uh, close or competitive, which brings you to 44-42. Some leaner races. Leaning Democrat right now, we have Colorado. And Washington, which are two states that are the polling's favoring Democrats by a decent amount. 
uh, the, you know, Republicans really like their candidate in Washington, for for example. So there's some some reason to watch those races, though they are favoring Democrats. Also, New Hampshire and Pennsylvania, we have in the leaning Democrat. Now, Pennsylvania, as we've covered, is completely insane. Uh, if that's the, the way they go, they, they have a man who can't speak as their candidate, but still polling showing him five points uh, or more up in most of these polls. New Hampshire just finished the, the primary uh, right now, Maggie Hassan seems to have about an eight-point lead in that race, though that one I could see tightening. It's been tighter in races before the primary, so we'll see how that goes. Leading Republican, five races there. Uh, um, a couple weird, just sort of weird ones that we have there, which is Alaska. Alaska has the uh, the situation with the ranked choice voting going on. But you all have, of the- but it's really Republican versus Republican there. Mm-hmm. But then again, one of the Republicans is Lisa Murkowski. So do you count that? I don't even know. What, yeah. what is that? No, I guess it leads Republican. Republican to, it's hard to know. Democrat. Right. Um, but she is, how is she performing in the polls? Because the others dropped out uh, to kind of coalesce around Murkowski's. Uh, I will believe Murkowski gets beaten when when it actually occurs. Huh. You know, the fact that this woman ran a write-in campaign for the Senate and won. She won a write-in campaign for the Senate. The name goes a long way in Alaska, Murkowski. The Demo- it's almost all Democrats voting for her. I mean, this has really become the Democrats and moderates sort of going that way, where the Republicans are going towards the Trump-favored candidate uh, there in Alaska. So uh, you're going to get a Republican out of Alaska, for the Senate, it just depends on if it's Murkowski or not, which is a big, I mean, she's one of the weakest Republicans mm-hmm. uh, that you could find. Another weird one, of course, we talked about a lot is Utah with Mike Lee, uh, where he is running in a race against an independent. Uh, there have been some close polls in this race. I don't uh, believe it. I don't believe it. I still think this is a, uh, a strong Republican state. I think Lee will win there, but it's closer than you know, certainly I'm sure Mike wants. Mike, um, Mike always i mean even when he's not running for election he's like you know i gotta listen to the people because the people you know they could throw me out of office at any time and i think there's a part of i think there's a part of mike that you know wouldn't mind wouldn't mind it if you know it's like okay it's over go go make money go do something (laughs) right with your life that's gotta be be the feeling of a lot of people but yeah you know i I, but he he's he takes it seriously you know? Oh, yeah. And look, he should. This is a new tactic from the Democrats. I mean, this is if what this you're rewarding works. in Utah if you vote for yeah. Evan McMullen. It's a, it's, a new ca- it's a new tactic. Instead of just running a Democrat, they run a guy who says he isn't a Democrat, but just is going to vote like the Democrats every time. Yeah. So you can, you, I mean, you can have that if you want. Normally, that's just done under the D banner. It's now done under the I banner. And they didn't run a the, Democrat. The Democrats dropped out of the race completely yeah. and just are letting everyone vote it's for the It's crazy. It's crazy. And you will see this. In every election, if it works this time. Yes, especially in deep red states. They yes. will try to knock off Republicans yep. by running you know, fake independents yep. in this case. Uh, Missouri is uh, out there as well. Eric Schmidt has a pretty solid, sizable lead. He should win there. Florida is closer than I think it should be with Marco Rubio. Uh, you know, uh, oddly, he's only, most of the polls only have him up by four or five points. You're kidding me. Yeah, and this is in a race where, uh, obviously, DeSantis is likely going to win handily. Uh, Val Demings is the candidate in Florida going up against Rubio, who was one, was mentioned as a VP candidate for Biden. As someone thought highly, they think highly of her on the Democratic she side. Brain damage? Uh, no, I don't know. Okay, no, well, don't, she's probably never going to be. She's never going to be VP. Obviously. She'll never have a leadership yeah. role. And Ohio, we talked to JD Vance last week. He's opened up a a, a, a lead. 
uh, in most of the polling there. Uh, I think he'll win that race, but still too close to say it's a likely candidate, a likely race by any means. So that's five. Uh, so basically what you have there is 48 Democrats, 47 Republicans, if you oh, include geez. the leaners, and five toss-ups for the Republicans to take control of the Senate. They would need to win four of these five races. Arizona, Nevada, Wisconsin, North Carolina, and Georgia. Their best hope right now, probably North Carolina, where they have relatively consistent but small lead there. Uh, Nevada seems to be pretty much toss-up, though Adam Laxall seems to be moving ahead slightly there. Ron Johnson's had some good polls in Wisconsin yeah. uh, lately. It looks like he Arizona. might be a slight favorite there. Arizona has narrowed, though still favors the Democrats, although it's hard for me to understand the polling there. You see polling where Blake Masters is down by seven or eight points, and Carrie Lake, who's supposed to be the most extreme crazy person in the world, which she's not, we've had her on the air, but she's running for governor with the same in the same you know with the same voters and they're saying she's only down by one so it's hard for me to understand how masters would be down eight and sh- and lake would only be down one we'll see name, if this name recognition and she might be she might just be a really good candidate mm-hmm. and then uh, herschel walker in georgia as well the polling has gone bounced back and forth both very close really a pure toss-up race at this point oh jeez, for the love of gotta Pete. win four of those five though get everyone you know Dig up your father, your mother, bring him out. I mean, let him air out a little bit. The Democrats do it all the time. Yeah, what's the problem with that? (laughs) Make sure that everyone goes out and votes. 